Gun, Food and Gene Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back into Sports Time. Brian Brett with you and joining us to start our 5 o'clock hour. DeMichael Cole joins us now. DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, a lot of Grizzlies to get to with the trade deadline last week. But how did you enjoy the Super Bowl last night? Uh, Chiefs and 49ers, what was your Sunday night like? Yeah, see, uh, guys, it was cool. But, but one thing you got to understand about me is, see, I'm a Packers fan. Mm. So, like, a lot of my childhood was filled with what could have been, what should have been, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, all, I mean, all the, what, four NFC championship losses. Mm-hmm. And this one, it kind of felt similar because it, as I'm watching the game, and, of course, I'm trying to enjoy it with everyone else. And I mean, the halftime show was phenomenal and everything. But all I can allow myself to think is, man, we we put it on the Chiefs in the regular season. Yeah. The only team I think to score over twenty five points against the Kansas City Chiefs defense was the Green Bay Packers. So I'm like, man, we would we could we could have gotten them. And then of course we had San Francisco on the ropes all game long, pretty much until late in the fourth quarter. So as I'm watching the game, I'm enjoying it in, on one hand, but the other hand, it's like, Ugh, like another <laughs> year where I I just I just I'm filled with the hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. DeMichael, I said that earlier. I said earlier, give me two quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Give me Patrick Mahomes. Give me Jordan Love. Yep. The Packers, the Lions, arguably Tua, certainly Baltimore. You could argue a bunch of teams were sick because they, they were watching that yesterday thinking, uh, Dallas even, that could have been us. Yeah. I The team that stand out to me even more so than, than my Packers is Baltimore. Mm, I mean, yeah. This was their chance. Detroit. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when's it, Baltimore's going to get there again with Lamar. When's Detroit getting back? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Detroit may not get back. Yeah. I, yeah. From that, but from the game perspective, Baltimore has run the ball down teams throat year after year after year after year after year, and they get away from the run against Kansas City and and let the game get away mm-hmm. from them. You know, Lamar made a couple mistakes, and it's like. That defense that Baltimore had, like going against, you know, San Francisco, I think they beat San Fran in the regular season. They did beat them in the regular season. So it's it, they badly. Beat, yeah, they beat them bad. Like it, it just felt like this was their year. And yeah. and I agree with you. I do think you know they, there is a silver lining. Like you know, Baltimore is going to be in the hunt for many more years to come. But guess what? Joe Burrow is going to be healthy, and uh, that thing is going to get retooled over there in Cincinnati. And you know, point. Miami, Miami's on the rise. You know, they just. Made the defensive coordinator change. We'll see kind of what happens over there. And then that team in Houston, man, I I, I mean, like we talked about the Packers being a trending team up. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he, he's the real deal. So it's like, yeah, they'll be around for many more years, but, but you can kind of see an upward trajectory because of the quarterback play. You know, for so many years it was Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson. We finally see the new direction of quarterback play for the next 10 years. DeMichael, that's a really good transition before we get into kind of uh, meat and potatoes Grizzlies talk. Yeah. Right yeah. now as we, we approach the all-star break for the NBA, just in the West, how many teams you think can really be thinking about, we can go to the Western Conference Finals. We can represent the the West in the NBA Finals. How many? Man, it, it, it's a lot of them. And to, to give you off the top of my head, I'll say – I'll say seven, 
But you can make an argument eight, nine teams feel that way. I, I, I think the Timberwolves being the one seed, the Clippers, the Thunder, and the Nuggets, they all, one game, I mean, they're all separated by half a game right now. All of them mm-hmm. should feel like Western Conference Finals or bust. The Phoenix Suns, the way they, they're constructed, ever since they've been healthy, they've been up there. Uh, they should feel that way. The Dallas Mavericks, after the move that they've just made, Dallas has won four games in a row. They're still the eighth seed. But after getting Daniel Gafford, after getting P.J. Washington, they should feel like, you know what? We're late to the party, but we can make a Lakers-type run. It's last season. Golden State. I with agree. Grayson, with the defense changing, and, and Golden State has this confidence about them, right? Yeah, they're the 10th seed right now. But Golden State always has had that. Yeah, when we get to the playoffs, we can we can flip the gear, mm-hmm. and, you know, flip the ship. And the uh, Lakers whatever. did it last year. Yeah, and the Lakers did it last year. That's what. That's eighteen. Mm-hmm. That's just names, and that didn't even include the Pelicans and the Kings. So uh, I mean, you could really make an argument that all ten of the teams that I just mentioned, and, and that's kind of what we expected, right? Remember at the beginning of the year we were talking sure. about the conference, and we were saying, I mean, it's it's going to be star studded, stacked. And um, this is how it's going to be years to come. And, and DeMichael, with that, that leads into this line of questioning. I know Friday, Zach Kleiman had a media availability and and a, kind of a good airing of some things, and I, I wish they would do it more often, but he talked about this championship window. Mm-hmm. How big, how small do you think that championship window that it currently exists for the Grizzlies? Because, you know, this time next year, all those teams you just named, they're not going away. I think Utah will be a little bit better. You know, San Antonio can't stay this down that long. Utah's going to be better. Just how, how, how much a year from now, the Grizzlies rolling to a 50 win season, how really wide open is a championship window? He said championship. That might be Western Conference champion, but even that, how wide open is it? Yeah, see, so here's the thing when we talk about championship windows for me. I think sometimes people get lost in the idea of, oh, we didn't do it this year. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. But think about it. The Grizzlies, two years ago, second round of the playoffs, and everyone said, oh, they'll be back there. And since then, it's been first round and no playoffs this year. More than likely. Mm-hmm. The point is, I agree with the premise of a championship window. The Grizzlies have all the talent in the world to enter uh, what should feel like a time frame where they should at least, like you said, win a Western Conference, be in the Western Conference Finals, and be a perennial championship contender. But the year-to-year in this league, you know, uh, I mean, the West is so tight right now, one bad sprained ankle from your star player, and they missed three to six weeks. Mm-hmm. You can go from the one seed to a play-in team. Yeah. Like, no exaggeration. Three, six weeks. It, it, it's that tight right now. And that's some of the things that you can't control. But my point is, I do think the Grizzlies have a championship window for, I mean, the next five years at least. Like, Because hey, you know, Ja and Dez are under contract for the next five years. Jaren's contract extensions talk. We'll talk. We'll start uh, next off season, not this one coming up, but the year after that. And I fully expect the Grizzlies and them to work something out on that end. So the core is going to be in place for years to come. And then you talk about the potential added growth in the Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams, whatever the case may be, but draft picks. They have a core to really make this thing happen. But here's my approach, guys. I think that every year 
you go for it. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies are at that point now because the money is about to be tied up. And and that's where I was getting to earlier. Like, now, next season, you you shouldn't play the game where in the past couple of years they've drafted these young guys. They all were developing them. You got to go for it now because you don't know yeah. when it'll happen again. Remember the year the Suns went to the NBA Finals uh, two, two, two or three seasons ago? And when the Suns went to the NBA Finals, uh, they played a Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think they played a Nuggets team that didn't have Jamal Murray. And they played a Lakers team where Anthony Davis got hurt in the series. This is not taking anything away from the Suns. This is just merely pointing out the fact that teams and injuries will happen, and you have to take advantage of your opportunity when it comes. And you have to put yourself in a championship mindset each and every season. So I think the championship window is now. It, it, It starts right now as you prepare into next season. And you need to go into next season think, not thinking, oh, man, the, the Suns and the Clippers and the Warriors and all these teams are going to be really good. Like, no, we're going to be as good as those guys. And if Curry, you know, suffers a sprained ankle in the series, uh, we're, we're going to be good enough to, to knock them off, to take advantage of that. And, and yeah. that's kind of how you got to position yourself for this thing. Absolutely. Well, the trade deadline uh, was last week. We talked to you about the Stephen Adams deal last Monday, but we uh, haven't talked to you since these other two deals that uh, the Grizzlies made. They sent Xavier Tillman to Boston in return. They get Lamar Stevens, uh, who's a free agent at the end of this year, and two second-round picks. Then on deadline day, David Roddy traded to the Suns in a three-team trade in return. Uh, Chimizi Metu, Yudawa uh, Nabe, and a second-round pick swap. What did you make of the moves you were kind of the first one that told us you know they, they they're planning for the future none of these trades are going to be for this year because of how the season has gone they're going to try to to free up some some spaces on this roster and kind of get ready for next year what do you think about these three trades that they did ahead of the deadline yeah it, it, it worked out uh perfectly right like that was the way that we, we talked about it on here and as i was saying you know roster flexibility is the goal is mm-hmm. you know they're not trying to get a i know people who want to hear, you know, oh, they're swinging for the fences right. and going to get all-star center and things like that. Like, we got we to gotta accept in our minds at the end of the day that the Grizzlies' financial situation is about to drastically shift to an area that we haven't really seen in franchise history before. We haven't seen the Grizzlies have, uh, you know, uh, max guys like John Morant and Desmond Bain, and then you're going to have to address the Jaron Jackson Jr.'s extension, by the way, which could possibly be like $300 million. Like he's going to, he's going to surpass Desmond Bain and John Morant more than likely if he continues to play at this level. So you're talking about three contracts that, that are going to take up most of your salary cap. So now you got to win on the margins. And that's what these moves kind of set the Grizzlies up to do. You create uh, the, the flexibility, the space. Uh, not even just from getting below the first apron when moving a guy like Steven Adams, but you bring back, you know, Yudawan Nabe, who is on a minimum contract. He Yes, he has a player option for next season, but the point is it's a minimum contract, so if you part ways with him, you're not, you know, eating a huge chunk of salary there. Uh, and Lamar Stevens, he's also on an expiring. Even Victor, D- Victor Oladipo, when they got him, uh, eventually they were able to waive him because mm-hmm. of other moves, but... If they had to keep him, he was on an expiring contract that would have, you know, cleared the books in the off season. This off season coming up is where the Grizzlies are going to make some moves. Um, we'll see how big those moves are. Again, I can very well see them just going around the margins. Hey, let's go get a starting big 
for a mid-level exception type contract and someone who's just going to rebound and play defense. And we don't need anyone to score. You got three guys in your starting lineup averaging over 20 points, like when everyone's at, at full health. So they can handle the bulk of that. Uh, so it the deadline did what it was supposed to do. It wasn't anything flashy. You know, it, it wasn't the super uh, big splashy move, but it's kind of setting the Grizzlies up from a financial standpoint, from a roster flexibility standpoint, to be able to do whatever they want to do this offseason. DeMichael, maybe not this time next year, but for sure in two years, we could look up and the big four for the Memphis Grizzlies would be Ja Jaron, Desmond Bain, and Gigi Jackson. If that's the case, and I think they already should be greatly applauded, and it may end up being the most friendly, team-friendly contract in the history of the NBA, what they had the foresight to do with G.G. Jackson. But in, in two years, if that's the case, this front office, for all the accolades that they've correctly gotten, and the criticism, the criticism will all go away because G.G. Jackson, in, in this time in two years, in, in February of 2026, he could, yeah. he could be right there as one of the real standouts in the league. Yeah, but our, our thoughts are aligned on this one. I know it, a lot of people keep talking about next season. Man, imagine what Gigi's going to look like with these guys next year. And, like, I I get it. I, I get it. I, I But at the same time, I'm thinking two years ahead when, he, when he's uh, 21 years old at that point, and he'll be bigger. Mm-hmm. And he's still, I mean, at 21, he's still. Right old age of 21. <laughs> yeah. He's he yeah. still, I mean, David Roddy and Jake LaRavia, those guys, I think they were 21 uh, when the Grizzlies drafted them. Like, yeah. this is just, this is just unusual, unusual territory. I mean, he has all the, the natural talent. But you know what? Gigi Jackson, I mean, this is such a, you, you hear it a lot, but I don't say it a lot because. It has to have some meaning behind it, but this this is a very down to earth, humble kid. Like, um, he was a five star recruit. Mm-hmm. He he was committed to North Carolina. He went to South Carolina, and they basically gave him the keys to the program. Like, the guy has every reason to be like, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he he got hit with a sense of reality, and he even said, you know, he was big headed at first and things like that, and dropping to the second round, having to play on a two way contract. Even before he got drafted, you know, people told me that he was telling teams, like, hey, you know, I'm willing to, uh, you know, play on a two-way contract. I'm willing to go down to the G League if I have to do that. And, it, you know, you think G.G. Jackson, when he was the number one ranked player in the country, imagined yeah. having to tell teams no that, chance. hey, I'm willing to play in the G League if, if you draft me. Like, that, that just, it just didn't seem plausible. But all of that has kind of helped mold him now, and he's become this real – you know, down to earth guy. Like he just got the contract, and he's 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 very grateful. But he's been you know saying all the right things since since then. But he's got a good head on his shoulders at this point. Comes from good good support system. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he becomes because I agree with you, Brett. If if this thing works out like it's trending towards, this is going to be one of the best value deals we've seen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, after they did that, putting Gigi on a standard contract, they moved Trey Jemison from the ten day to a two way spot. And uh, Trey Jemison's a guy that you know before they even signed him to a ten day, I heard a lot of people on social media, a lot of people yep. up here saying, "Man, they really need to go out and give this Trey Jemison guy a chance." I think he went up to to Washington, had a ten day with the Wizards before the Grizzlies signed him to a 10-day, and I've really 
liked what I've seen from him. What did you make of, of what he has done in his time since joining the Grizzlies? And now what do you expect to see from him now that he's on a two-way going forward? Yeah, uh, so here's the thing with Trey Jemison. Like, he, he's super, he's, like, you you get up close to him, and he's a big dude. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's super chiseled frame. Um, he's every bit of 6'10", like 260, like, muscular guy. Um, so you see, like, why everyone, the hype, in a way. Yeah. But then the other side of it, you also see, like, why he was available. Like, it's a two-way street, right? Uh, so you see, okay, this, this is why he was available. You see the areas, okay, this is where he needs to clean up his game. So offensively, not really polished there. You know, he, he has the, the hook shots and things like that. But at the end of the day, he's one of those guys where you, you want him finishing right around the rim or dunking. And anything outside of that uh, is, you know, is, is a mystery. You know, that's that's his game right now. Uh, defensively is where he has is, really kind of made a name for himself. That's why the Grizzlies signed him to a 10-day and eventually signed him to uh, a two-way deal because of, he's a strong rebounder. He's a strong guy overall. Uh, he's had some phenomenal blocks already, like he, a couple block shots where he's really took away baskets, you know, at the rim. So, but here's the thing. Like, again, as I said earlier, even though the offense is quote-unquote you know, a weakness from a scoring standpoint, you don't need that with the Grizzlies. It's, the Grizzlies will have Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, John Moran in their lineup. And uh, if it's Mark, Marcus Smart is a double-figure scorer pretty much his entire career, you're going to have three 20-point-per-game guys and another guy who gets, what, 12, 13, 14 points per game nightly. Like, you don't need the center right. to beat Joel Embiid. Because he's not going to be able to, ha- he's not going to have the ball in his hands that much anyway. You just need someone who's going to clean up the mess, and that is a role that Trey Jemison is capable of playing. Now, you, you, that's why that's what this two way deal is for because he needs to get more seasoning. He needs to, you know, develop a little bit more offensively, and then he has to, you know, defensively. Like he still has to come away there in terms of, you know, the little things, the rotations, and just the the smarts of the game that'll allow him to be a better all around defender. But uh, I like him as an upside signing. I think that's the way to put it. You know, he's an upside guy. You you invest in him now, and uh, he can potentially be a long play for you. Yeah. yeah, Michael, this week at home tonight against New Orleans, on Wednesday night against Houston, Thursday night against Milwaukee, and Friday night against the Clippers. What, what what's the goal? Is I mean, you you got to entertain your fans. You you, you got to have effort, and they have. They absolutely have. They just don't have enough. To, to go into that last six minutes of the game, every game feels like the, the same trap door gets pulled out from under the Grizzlies. Is there a win-loss quotient to this week? Man, it's, it's, it's tough to do it. There are eight games lost in a row now. And, and it shows when you get to that final stretch, right? Like you mentioned, it. it's, it's that late in the fourth quarter. Because if you're watching the Grizzlies, like, I don't think, I, I mean, I quite honestly, I dare someone to say, oh, this team isn't playing hard right now. Like, they, they, from an energy standpoint, you're not seeing what was happening early in the season where Derrick Rose was saying, we need to communicate better to the media. And, and Marcus Smart was in the huddle, you know, calling out the team's lack of effort. You don't see that anymore. Like, these dudes are playing there. You can tell it's a lot of guys out there on, like, waivers and two-way deals. Because they're playing for their futures, like you can see it. Like they're trying to keep food on the table. Now, but when you get to that fourth quarter, guess what? The other team 
is going to have that same sense of urgency. You know, some teams play with it for four quarters, but as most NBA teams, you you got to save some for the fourth quarter, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're human beings; they get tired. So mm-hmm. uh, when you get to that fourth quarter, is when you you kind of have to save that last win, so to speak. And that's when other teams have that advantage over the Grizzlies because now the the one advantage that Memphis has had through three quarters, which is they're out hustling you, because you look at the stats, guys, they're still shooting what. 35, 40, 42% in these quarters. They're just winning it because they're getting the loose balls. Uh, they're, they're making the extra hustle plays and, and, you know, making things happen. But when you get to the fourth quarter, uh, the game gets a lot tighter. And, and, you know, your margin for error is much more smaller. And that's when the talent of the opponent tends to take over. So from a win standpoint, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I think, you know, maybe they catch the Rockets on, on the first night. Uh, of that back-to-back, as you mentioned, between the Rockets and the Bucks, uh, I know, I know, uh, you know, Dylan Brooks and Memphis again, and that was going to get a little attention and whatnot. The Pelicans have lost the last two against the Grizzlies, and that was with John Morant on the floor. They're the one team that kind of really felt John Morant's presence while he was he was here because they beat, you know, the Grizzlies beat them twice. But I, so I feel like that's part of the reason they'll come out and they'll be that team that. Uh, not going to lack energy early. Uh, but that Rockets win, that stands out to me. To avoid a 10-game win streak, that one is probably going to be their best chance. Yeah. And nothing says a night of love on Valentine's night like <laughs> Dylan Brooks back in oh, like FedEx. Well, DeMichael Cole, if we were your editor, you would, you, uh, we would be, or if, we would be in a lot of trouble. We have buried the lead. We've waited yeah. right here at the end of the interview Shame to congratulate us, you. Last week we got every single guest that joins us to make a pick on the Super Bowl, and you tied with a friend of ours that talks college basketball with us, Blake Lovell, on Wednesday. Y'all both had Kansas City winning 24-20. What'd you miss it but three points for? <laughs> mm, three points. It's mm, pretty good pick. Really sound pick. Yeah, really, really good. You know, I was stuck on that number, guys. I, I kept saying, it's, my Packers were the only team to do it. No one hit over 25 against Kansas City. But this yeah. 49ers offense is really good. But I feel like they, they hover around there, you know, 20, 21 points. But in, at the end of the day, I know if you give Patrick Mahomes the ball last, which we, you said we it. Saw, uh, you know, it, it, we've seen that movie too many times. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, he has definitely entered the territory now of do not bet against Patrick Mahomes as an absolutely underdog or not. in a big game. If, 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 you, if you can get points with it, you better, oh, you better take him. We had 18 pickers last week, 10 picked Kansas City, 8 picked San Francisco, mm. 8 people picked the under 47 and a half. That's what we were keying off of most all of last week. So 8 went under, 10 went over. You 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 hit the game and the under. You you that? need you need a nine hundred number one nine hundred. <laughs> called to Michael. <laughs> Something good picking to Michael. Good picking to Michael. And it should yeah. be a fun night tonight uh, at FedEx Forum. Pelicans Grizzlies tip off at seven o'clock. To Michael, as always, thanks so much for joining us, uh, and we'll do it again next week. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, to Michael. Thank you, to Michael. DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, joins us every single Monday. And, I mean, heck of a pick by him. Heck of a pick by him. He and Blake Love were the winners. Now we got to figure out what they won. Yeah. Because well, uh, as good as DeMichael is with us, us uh, taking him to lunch, I mean, yeah. we're kind of already doing it. I don't know if Blake <laughs> wants to drive down here for lunch. Yeah, we'll have to figure we'll, it out. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah. But they, they, did, they, they did have really good picking and – don't you don't you think we could look up 
I, I'm sure not going to say this time next year, but in two years, you got a legit big four. You can make a lot of noise. Now, I know the fans don't want to hear two years, but the Grizzlies, if they're healthy next year, they're going to be good. Sure. I mean, you know, when you look at this team and kind of what this season has turned out into, I think a lot of people can say, oh, waste of a year. But, Brad, I would say it's it's been a good year if what you found in Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson yeah. uh-huh. is sustainable. And it's a big mm-hmm. if, of course, but, I mean, you look at this, this team and this rotation, and I don't know, even if this team was fully healthy, how much of a run they could have gone with, because I don't know how much I trust their bench and uh, with what it was, and now you've made some changes. And, you know, I, I think you look in two years, if they can be a real factor, I think it's a huge success. Sure can. Got to replace Stephen Adams, know yeah. that. And you know, he was never coming back this year. Exactly. And it was kind of all messed up from mm-hmm. the beginning with, with Ja. A- after tonight, there will just be – 28 home games remaining. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. After tonight will be 28, no, 20, 28 games remaining. Okay. Uh, a total, total. 28 wow. games remaining. Remember, that first 25 was without huh. Ja. We yeah. knew that going in. Yeah. His last 28 is going to be without him, too. Ooh, I don't know if I would have had that on my bingo card before the no. season started. First 25 and final 25 games of the season, all without Ja Morant. And, and, and been without him, and, yeah. you know, th- one thing about a nightmare year, you might as well go ahead and do the good old fashioned nightmare. It's, 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 it's like in the insurance adjusting world for insurance agents. They don't want half a fire. No, no, no. And we, we and we had the full burn down this year and, and now starting, starting to climb back. But I don't know how open that window is. I, I, I like what DeMichael said, yeah. you know, two years ago, winning that first round series against Minnesota. Nobody would have thought hadn't won a series since then. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, we thought that was the start of of this, you know, long process. And you know, we always talk about how quick that uh that window can be. And so, hopefully, for the Grizzlies, figure some things out this year and try to get back to that window. And usually, when it slams shut, that's total start over. Buffalo Bills may be in- encountering yeah. that. No, no, you're right about that. So. We'll see, but it's going to be a, a long 28 games uh, for the Grizzlies as they wrap up this season. Well, before we get to a break, i got to remind you about our 5 o'clock sponsor, Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean, out on the historic square in Carville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got western wear, but work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion you can find at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable, whether it's Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, you can find it at Hewlett and Dunn. And they've got it whether for men or women. They've also got clothing options like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville or to their website HewlettDunn.com. And I mentioned the accessories. They've got hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area a team snapback or cool hat you can think of. Whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got a cap for whatever area team. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. Hewlett-Dunn.com, but please head out to Carville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville. That's Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. 
Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. We've got less than 30 minutes left in today's show, and we just got done talking to DeMichael Cole about the Grizzlies. They're in action tonight against the Pelicans, and we've just learned uh, in the last couple of minutes, Gigi Jackson will be inactive tonight due to violation of team rules, so he will not be playing tonight in that game against the Pelicans, and we're in a time right now where you need every single player that you've got, and uh, because of whatever you know team rule he violated, uh, he won't be with the with the group tonight. Yeah, I don't know what the rule was, but we talk, we've talked about it a lot, especially with his new deal. We don't want any bad habits mm-hmm. starting because can't really this franchise. It needs to be drama free. Yes, from here on. No, absolutely, and you know, in this window opportunity, sure. And uh, you know, still should uh, you know we we talk about all the time how young he is should be a. Uh, a freshman in college, theoretically, and so you know, young young guys make mistakes and, and and do things that they're not supposed to sometimes, and so you know, hopefully it's a learning lesson for him, and and you know, we don't have something like this. I'm you know curious what it was, but you know, hopefully, uh, like you said, it doesn't form into bad habits um, during this kind of weird season for the Grizzlies. A full year of picks for us completed oh, yesterday. Man, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. With the Super Bowl group lock miss yesterday, uh, group locks for the NFL this year fifteen and twenty six, and we missed yesterday. Johnny won the straight up picks for the sure playoff did. rounds. He had that going into the weekend. He finished ten and three. We all missed there too. Yeah, he, he, he ten and three straight up. I was eight and five. Bryant was five and eight for the year. In college football, I was 50 and 46. Bryant was 44 and 52. In the bowl season, I was 25 and 17 on bowls. Bryant was 21 and 21. College football lock for the year, I was 8 and 5. Bryant was 7 and 6. Shock, I was 6 and 7 with three of those straight up. Mm -hmm. Shock, you were 3 and 10 in college with two of those straight up. NFL for the year, you were 63 and 61. Okay. I, I was 54 and 71. Hmm. Is that right? Yes. Mm. No, 54 and 70. You were 63 and 61. I was 54 and 70. NFL lock for the year, we were both 11 and 7. NFL shock for the year, you were 8 and 10 with right. five of those straight up. I was that. 6 and 12 with five of those straight up. Wow. College football group locks for the year. We were twenty six and thirteen. Okay, not bad. NFL fifteen and twenty six. For the year, group lock forty one and thirty nine. We've been much worse. We've been much worse. But Johnny, something to keep in mind next yeah. year when you're you know fully in and you're making picks. Uh, sometimes, especially if you're you know tabbed to go last in the pick, and you've already heard two of the same teams, go against, go you, against. You might just want to throw everything out. <laughs> oh, go against, and go against. We have not had the good history of group locks. Okay, I got. You. As much as we love group locks, we are right. not very good with group locks. For the year, I finished plus six points. You finished minus two points. Mm. I'm telling you, where I got my advantage, 
and retain my bowl picking championship at the bowl season. Mm, They get me. They get me every single time. Just ride the SEC and you'll win the bowls. Mm, well, that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I good love logic. It, Brett. You know that's that works out for a lot of people. But congratulations to you, Brett. I guess Friday we are uh, over the weekend. We we didn't have Tiger Bankroll on the air on Friday, so we had to do it off the air. Yeah, we're just gonna do all of these back to back. You keep on. We're gonna get it all out of the way. Brett, we're getting it all out of the way. I like it, Brett. Uh-huh. Release it. <laughs> Johnny had he went with the Tigers and laid the six and a half. He and he bet seventy five to get him to nine twenty five for the year. Johnny, you're seventy five from getting back to the starting gate. Man, I'm ready. I'm hey, slowly but surely. <laughs> Bryant took Tulane for fifty. That dropped him to eight ten for the year. Johnny's thirteen and eleven picking Tiger games against spread. Bryant's ten and fourteen. I'm thirteen and eleven. I bet twenty five on the Tigers to get to fourteen and thirty five for the year. The Tigers are now nine and fifteen. And will they keep their favorite streak going Thursday night in Denton, Texas? It's a really good question, Brett, and something to keep an eye on. Because what was it? It is. Texas A&M last time that they were underdog? Last time underdog in in Texas, like Thursday night will be. Yeah. On a Sunday afternoon, they were seven and a half. They were a seven and a half point underdog wow. to Texas A&M and one straight up 81-75. True or false? It's that time of year. Okay. Has the pit at Denton, Texas ever hosted NCAA tournament games? Mm, true. It is very wow. true. Very early in the pit years. Wow. The pit at Denton, Texas. They hosted mid seventies. Right. At, at Denton, Texas. Tough place to play. Yeah. Uh, lovingly known as their pit. I uh-huh. think of the pit as being New Mexico, yeah, but it's absolutely. a tough place to play. Sure, absolutely. It's going to be a, uh, you know, interesting game. We know that defense that, that North Texas runs and, and, uh, you know, is, has kind of kept it, uh, from McCaslin. You know, they, they promoted one of his assistants to be head coach. So still, you know, very similar philosophies, um, kind of doing what they've done these last couple of years when, you know, they have been very impressive on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I'm sure it's going to be tough at times for the Tigers to, to score. What do you think of the Tigers' matchup zone, but don't call it a matchup zone? Yeah, interesting. No, I think, you know, it's if, if that's what you got to do to get it to work. I mean, you saw early in that game, Tulane, they were having fits. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. You know, they looked out of sorts. You know, Jason Munns was tweeting saying that, you know, sitting there watching them, it looked like they were just exhausted and, and just completely out of whack. And, you know, you saw very early in that game, yes, I know in the second half, you know, Tulane kind of started knocking down shots and, and made it a little closer than that game actually was. But early in that first game, it was all Tigers. I think at one point went on a 16-0 run. So I, I was a big fan of it. And then could cruise and, mm-hmm. you know, look, you could see a lot of zone yeah. uh, Thursday night. You could see sure. some from Memphis. and you'll, I think you'll see some from North Texas. Yeah, I think you definitely will, you know, as, as North Texas try to, tries to combat the uh, – Length and athleticism of, of Memphis, maybe, you know, try to give some of that up and go into a zone and see what happens. I, I'm, I'm interested because, you know, we've seen this Tiger team 
At times they can look, you know, so locked in and so good offensively. And then at other times they go in these scoring lulls and, and can't get really anything going. I think back just last week to that Temple game where they're up by 23 points and, you know, playing really well and shooting the ball well, come out in the second half and Temple, you know, starts this comeback and the Tigers start struggling to shoot the ball, struggling to find the basket. And, you know, I just, I think this North Texas defense, um, you know, defensively of a team I think they're much better defensively than a lot of these other teams that the Tigers have seen in conference play you mentioned Grizzlies tonight at home against the Pelicans Wednesday night at home against Houston Thursday against Milwaukee Friday night at home against the Clippers and then a week from tonight at home against Brooklyn so a lot of games at home now in in this tough stretch of the year the Tigers on the road at North Texas and at SMU at Moody on Sunday afternoon and it starts the beginning of the end yep. uh, of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the best part of the conference schedule, and you got Charlotte that you haven't seen anywhere mm-hmm. coming to FedEx Forum. You've got Florida Atlantic at FedEx Forum that you haven't seen. You get the, the rematch, the, the revenge game mm-hmm. against old rival UAB. Yeah, so uh, it's it's going to be a very interesting stretch in Charlotte. We talked to, about it uh, earlier. I think David Cobb mentioned it first. They've promoted their coach that was on an interim tag, and um, after kind of the start of conference play, only one loss in conference, that was to South Florida. They promote him. I think I saw um, during the break, I, I was looking, one of the earlier breaks, so I think it's five-year deal for him. So, you know, some stability at head coaching there at Charlotte, but you know, we'll see what they've got in, in about a week when they come to FedEx Forum. Real quick before we go to the break. So last night with the win by Kansas City, mm-hmm. now they're third in the 21st century and in the 21st century. So nothing changes there. So 13 different NFL teams to win a championship in the 21st century, most notably San Francisco and Dallas having Damn. not, not, not won one. You, you would think they would. Those teams have won a lot. So 13. Here it is across sports. 16 with Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. 11 for the NBA, mm-hmm. 13 for the NFL, 13 for college football, and 13 for college basketball. Wow. College basketball is up next, and it looked like looks like UConn is the yeah. prohibitive favorite to repeat. So we would go into it, and for all the people that say the same old teams win it in college football, college football being tied with college basketball that everybody generalizes and stereotypes as anybody can win it. And then with the NFL, the league that is set up, to not have repeat winners. Yeah, it's interesting, and you would you would certainly think NFL and uh, and college basketball would have, especially college basketball would have significantly more. And uh, you know, right there, all knotted up. It's it's hard to believe. And 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 with baseball getting ready to spring spring training getting mm-hmm. ready to start, Corey Seager was the MVP of the World Series last year. Yep. That was his second. If he went back and won it this year, he would have three MVPs. Wow. Just like Patrick Mahomes, and I bet you there are people on his team that doesn't know he's won it twice. <laughs> You're probably right, honestly, and uh, you know has, has played really well. And I mean, wow, way'd be crazy if we had third for Patrick Mahomes and third one for one Seager. with the Nationals, yeah, but one yeah. last fall with the Rangers. Yeah, and so you know, did it again this year. That would be uh, certainly something. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we're up to today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, this comes from Jonah Dillon, who wrote a story about it over at the Commercial Appeal. ESPN's Mel Kuyper talked about Blake Watson today during a segment about sleeper running backs in this year's NFL draft. He, uh, they were talking about, you know, options at sleeper running back. Uh, and he said, how about Blake Watson? Then went on to talk about what he did as a running back at Old Dominion at Memphis, how he was a wide receiver in high school, then converted early this time at Old Dominion to a running back. Then he went on to say this. Quote, he's the kind of guy you can move around. You can get him uh, in jet sweeps. You can put him in the slot. Blake Watson's an interesting guy. If you're talking about a late-round running back, you better be versatile. And you have to have hands to make spectacular catches. A former wide receiver turned running back, kick return skills, all those things add up for me that Blake Watson to be a heck of a possibility in the later rounds of the draft. So we talked a couple weeks ago about Blake Watson turning heads at these various games that he was playing in before the draft. But now Mel Kuyper, uh, who one of the top guys at ESPN when it comes to the NFL draft, is starting to take notice and saying that Blake Watson, a guy to keep an eye on around draft time. And remember, Pacheco, seventh round in yeah. the big edition. He's Absolutely. been to Kansas City. What I learned, we're seeing it. The modern health miracle from stage four something illness for Jordan Brown hmm. to playing his most minutes and scoring his most points since November. Yeah. What a story. I guess we're just supposed to act like all that never happened. Just oopsie. Well, <laughs> I think if uh, the coaching staff wanted you to do something, it would be that. Forget yeah. that ever happened. Back back and better than that. Just ever. kidding. Yeah, you know. that's right. That's right. Uh, what I could have done without, I guess I could have done uh, without all of that back a couple of months ago. But this happened uh, over on ESPN yesterday during their um, Super Bowl preview um, on ESPN. 
Uh, Adam Schefter reported on ESPN yesterday that the Cowboys were going to hire Mike Zimmer as their new defensive coordinator. He had just been told that the contract had not been finalized, but there was an agreement in place between the Cowboys and Mike Zimmer. Only problem was Rex Ryan was sitting on set when he reported this. The same Rex Ryan that interviewed for the defensive coordinator job for the Cowboys after Adam Schefter was done reporting, uh, Rex Ryan, they kind of, it was weird how they did it. They kind of were trying to make jokes, say, Oh, I don't know why everyone wants to take you from us. Even Schefter at, at the end of his reporting, he was like, Oh, but they loved Rex Ryan. They said Rex Ryan was a great interview. They go miss him too. I'm actually surprised that they did not hire him. And then Rex Ryan, after everyone was done complimenting him, said that he does not believe Adam Schefter's report and that he does not think that the D.C. job had been wrapped up in Dallas and he thought that it was still wide open and that he could still be named the defensive coordinator. Well, it was announced today that Mike Zimmer will be the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, Rex. Uh, You didn't get the job. Uh, Could have done without. You know, when you advertise and you want a party, you want debauchery, you want anything goes. Mm, And then it turns into animal house debauchery (laughs) with drunkenness and anything goes. And then you try to scale it back. What do you expect is going to happen? And that's what happened at the Phoenix Open. It got to a tipping point. Who knew the golf course could get to a tipping point? And you'll see a big drawback there next year. I mean, there was a a person that fell out of the stands and was injured badly. Brett, I blame all the rain and the postponements. I think if we had been a clear weekend, everybody would have been on their better behavior. When you got to cut off the the drinking on Saturday out there, if that – then you know it's gotten uh, pretty yeah. ribald. You know something is wrong. Uh, where are you beaming tonight? Uh, Minnesota at Crypto versus the Clippers. Mm, uh, if that's the Western Conference Finals, I, I'll, I'll, it'll be good stuff. I'll yeah. be fine by it. One game in an all-important loss column is all that separates four teams at the top of the West. Those will be the one through four seeds yeah. in the West, but I have no clue in what order. Yeah, no, that's going to be a really good game tonight. Beam me, 8 o'clock tonight over on ESPN, number 4 Kansas uh, against 23rd Texas Tech. And actually, those have changed because I wrote that down before the AP Top 25 was even out. So I don't know where they are in the Top 25 polls currently, but a Top 25 matchup, um, I believe, nonetheless, should be a good game later tonight on ESPN. Ten NBA games, Jokic versus Giannis in Milwaukee. Grizzlies at home. The Grizzlies have been favored at home mm. since January 3rd against Toronto. They were favored on the road Saturday night in Charlotte and couldn't get there. Uh, tonight against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke at home yep. with the zany Cameron Crazies versus right. Wake. Three or four bid ACC. Right now in the ACC, Clemson's at seven and Virginia's second. Wow. Wow, hard to believe. Um, very weird when we get to this time of the year in conference. But no, that Kansas game, Kansas now 6, Texas A&M not ranked anymore, but still should be a good doubleheader on ESPN tonight. A lot of games, we even mentioned that uh, McNeese State, that was a team uh, that Shelby about an hour and a half ago uh, said that uh, he really liked and uh, to keep an eye on. They play tonight over on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to go check that team out, could be a Cinderella team in March. Um, that game later tonight on on ESPN Plus, but a limited slate in college basketball. Pretty good slate in the NBA, though. Like you mentioned, some very intriguing games, especially the Grizzlies back in action tonight. Well, that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon.